0: I think the first step that we need to understand and the do's and don'ts on how to build value is understand contrasts. The contrast of who you were and who you want to be. The contrast of a failure with a success. Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Sanchez, and this is the Rick Sanchez Podcast. And I'm talking to you because I know you're at that point in your life where you're thinking about things that you probably need to start focusing on. You're a little concerned about the economy. You want to make sure that you're getting off to a good start this coming new year, and you're trying to put your thoughts together. And there's some, you know, there's some things that we always talk about. What can you do? What can you do to create more value in yourself? Because, man, it's really all about value isn't it? It's about how, we we don't talk about this enough. We think oftentimes that things are happenstance. Life is not about happenstance. You know, shit just doesn't happen by itself. It happens because you put yourself in the right situation to be able to derive either the success or the pleasure or the failure. And, It's really important that you understand what I'm saying here about that last word that I just used, failure. Embrace it. It's okay. It's okay to fail. In fact, sometimes, I would argue most of the time, we learn more from failure than we do from success. I know I have. So one of the first things, if we were to talk today, you and I, about this. Because I'm just going to take everything that I've learned throughout my life, my experiences as, you know, the first guy who happened to be uh, uh, the news anchor on CNN, the first Latino ever to have his own namesake show on CNN, and the first Latino to be fired from that same show on CNN. So see what I'm talking about? Success, failure. You know, I was lucky enough to be a part of a billion-dollar business, right? And that was a success. Along the way, there was a lot of failures. So there's a lot of things that we need to teach ourselves to overcome, you know, the things that we fear, for example. Most of us fear money for some reason. Some of us even fear success. So as we talk on this day about this, I don't know if you're a young Latino or an older Latina or an older Latina. Or, uh, or pardon me, an older Latino and a younger Latina, or you are a uh, African-American, or you're Asian-American, or you're somebody who grew up in a neighborhood that wasn't necessarily wealthy, and sometimes you don't feel like you've got it. And you just want some help along the way, and that's what I'm here to do. I want to be able to give you some guidance every day when I do a podcast, and I'm doing these three times a week now, right? So you can expect to hear my podcast every Monday morning, every Wednesday morning, and every Friday morning. And all I want to do is take my experiences or mostly my lessons that I have learned. And let me say again, mostly from my failures (laughs) so that I could then succeed and try and transfer it over to you to give you some of the information that I think you can use to become successful. Like when we talk about what our lesson is today and our lesson today is a simple one, That we could go through together. It's about building value. What are the do's and don'ts of building building value? What are the do's and don'ts of building value? Well, you know what? The first one that I'm going to share with you is contrast. You got to be able to understand the contrasts in life between the things that work and the things that don't work. And a little while ago, we were talking about success and failure. (laughs) I really do think That when you think of failures, you should say it with just the way I just did, with a smile on your face. Not like, oh, failure. It really should be like, hey, failure, yay. You know, most good salespeople will tell you that they welcome no's because the more no's they get, the closer they are to a yes. And they're right. The more no's you get in life, the closer you are to a yes. It's just the law of averages. But it goes beyond that. I mean, the contrasts between experiences where you win, right, where everything worked out, and experiences where you lose, whatever that thing may be, what is it? It's edifying. And we've said this before. Why is it edifying? Why does it teach? Why is it heuristic? Why is it a lesson? And why is that so important? As you're sitting here listening to the sound of my voice and you're probably scratching your head wondering why in the hell is this guy talking so much about how important it is to fail? It's very simple. When you fail, you have to find in you things you would not otherwise had looked for. You just wouldn't be looking for those things. In comfort, right? In comfort... There is that sense of ease. Like, okay, I'm going to work my nine to five and that's my job. And I'm only going to do as much as I need to do. And then when five o'clock comes, I'm going to go home and I'm going to get on my couch and I'm going to sit on that couch and I'm going to have a beer and that's it. And then somebody comes along and says, that nine to five is gone. You need to find something else. Suddenly, the creature comfort that you created That comfy couch, that beer at a certain time, that work ethic, whatever it was, or lack of ethic that you were, you know, deploying, that may possibly be the reason you no longer have the job, has to be changed. And in the change, you understand the contrast. Because the question you have to then ask yourself is, who was I? Who do I want to be and what do I have to do to get there? Who was I, what do I want to be, and what do I have to do to get there? And then you start asking yourself all the relevant questions that have to come into play. I've shared this with you in past podcasts, but when I was fired by CNN, I immediately realized that nobody in the business wanted to hire me. I thought, well, CNN's going to fire me and I'm going to get picked up by NBC or uh, CNN or uh, CBS. Or the, and at the time, eventually, yeah, but at the time they said, no, nah, we, we don't want retreads. We, we're not interested. We're going to move on. And I'm sitting there looking at doors that are closed. What is a closed door? It's a failure. So what did I do? I figured it out. What did I figure out? Me, not it. It wasn't external. It wasn't the, I didn't figure out the problem. I figured out me. What did I have to do? I had to create a new me to create a new condition or a new job. That's the contrast. Know the contrast between success and failure. So people weren't going to give me a job so I can anchor the news and read a teleprompter on television for one of the big networks like the gig that I had. So I got to do something else. So I got to learn a new skill set. I didn't know anything about radio. I decided to go into radio. I studied radio, got good at radio, and eventually was able to get pretty darn good at radio, enough to the point where I was able to make some pretty good bread doing radio. I'd never done broadcasting on television in Spanish. Somebody came along and says, you've got a hell of a following, Mr. Sanchez. We want to give you a job doing the news in Spanish. Can you do it? Ah! That was my reaction. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> did you hear the? Uh, th- did you hear the question at the end there? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, guess what? Yeah, is what I thought. Yeah, I can do it. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. But here's how I responded. Hell yeah, let's do it. I'm excited. Now I knew that I didn't. I mean, I'm, I'm, I naturally speak Spanish because that's my native tongue. But, you know, when you're a American kid, like most of us are, you and somebody says you have to speak Spanish, yeah, I can speak Spanish with my mom and my dad. I can speak Spanish in family. I can speak Spanish. But to formally speak Spanish, to go on TV with a camera and start speaking in Spanish, to all of a sudden switch to... Buenas noches, televidentes. Le voy a hablar hoy de una noticia muy importante que ocurrió aquí en Miami. Wow. I could do that? I didn't know I could do that. Well, actually, I couldn't. I had to learn the skill. I started practicing. I started doing all the things that are necessary to get dominion of Spanish, which I didn't think I had dominion of. I didn't own the language like I do in English. Right now, I'm talking to you in English, and I think I'm pretty darn good at speaking. And there's no script, there's no teleprompter, there's no notes, there's nothing. I'm just sharing with you my thoughts on what I've learned in my life to help you. And I find it's easy for me to do this in English because I've been speaking in front of a camera my whole damn life. And I love putting thoughts and words and stories together to convey important information, but I didn't think I could do that in Spanish. Well, guess what? I got the radio show off the ground. Never done that before. I got the Spanish show off the ground. Fox News Latino called me and said, we want you to be our anchor for that new network, fledgling as it was. I did it. And then I also taught school. Needed the money at my son and my daughter's school so that I could bring down the cost of tuition there. Never done that before. Did it. Taught a media class. Then along came an opportunity to go into business with some partners to build a healthcare company, and I didn't know anything about being a chief marketing officer, but I was able to transfer my skills and do that. So I think the first step that we need to understand and the do's and don'ts on how to build value is understand contrasts, the contrast of who you were and who you want to be, the contrast of a failure with a success. You know, it's also important to realize that not everyone can get through that struggle of contrasts in our lives. This is really important. There are people, I had a friend in high school. He was one of my best friends in the whole world. And when I went away to college, He didn't. I got a football scholarship and went to Minnesota, which eventually turned into a journalism scholarship, which was a big part of my foundation. And and I'm lucky because I think that, too, stretched me. I was a Latino kid growing up in a barrio in Miami. All of a sudden, I'm in Minnesota surrounded by Nordic people. (laughs) And they're looking at me and asking, wow, you're different. And I was. And they were different. And that was good because that difference made me stretch, made me learn things, made me learn an environment, made me learn how to eat lutefisk, right? And lefse, Norwegian dishes, as opposed to black beans and rice, which I've eaten all my life. And that was good. But the reason I'm telling you the story about a friend of mine in high school was he did not go to college. After we graduated, he stuck around and he became depressed and he never was able to overcome the contrast of being the superstar in high school, which he was, admired by everyone. Suddenly high school is done. He's no longer the captain of the football team throwing passes dating cheerleaders, whatever it is you do when you're in high school. And somewhere along the line, his depression got the best of him and he succumbed to it. And I miss him to this day. And I ask myself what, I was gone, I was away. We only saw each other sometimes when I'd come home for the summer, but what is it? What is the human quality that allows some people to capture the contrast in their life and come out better for it. And that small amount of people, cause it really is, most of us got it and do it and practice it and win. But there is that small amount of people that somehow succumb. So that's why this is so important. You have to prepare yourself for the eventuality of that contrast when it comes. It could be a job loss. It could be somebody in your family who gets sick. It could be you who gets sick. It could be any kind of hardship, and you have to be able to understand the difference between failure and success and what are the things that you have to do to be able to manifest that. You know, one of the most important things, and I think we can call this step two along the way of growth. Do's and don'ts, knowledge. I mean, good God, right? Work hard on gathering knowledge. We who see ourselves sometimes as outliers, whether, you know, me as a, I always saw myself as a Latino kid growing up in South Florida when I went to suddenly be around NBC and CBS and I see all these guys who graduated from all these Ivy League schools and I wondered to myself, I don't belong with these people. They're so much better than me. And in some ways they did have certain skill sets and knowledge that I didn't have, but guess what? It's in a book, baby. You can get it. It's out there. If if you feel like your grammatic skills, your your, your grammar skills, (laughs) I just mispronounced grammar. If your grammar, not your grammatic skills, but your grammar skills uh, don't suffice, perfect it. It's pretty easy, it's on the Googles. Go buy a book like I did and memorize it, you know? Memorize the Prentice Hall Handbook for Writers. Memorize Strunk and White. Memorize any of the great books and the great authors who talk about how to communicate effectively, if that's what you don't have. Maybe it's math skills. I had to work on mine. Maybe it's business skills. Maybe it's being comfortable around money because you have no idea how to invest or how much or why. That's knowledge. That's knowledge. I mean, you should always focus on working hard, on gathering the knowledge that's necessary, and make sure it's deliberate. With with ideas that you even revisit from time to time, because just because you read the Strunk and White handbook uh, or the uh, the Prentice Hall handbook for writers, I'll never forget when I went away to college and I felt dumb because, and I shouldn't have, by the way, because I spoke Spanish as my first language. English was my second language. So I spoke two languages. But it seemed to me that my English wasn't as good as the English that was spoken in Minneapolis, Minnesota by most of the people who'd been there forever. So I felt like I had to, I had to get a giddy up. I had to get a giddy up on my English skills, my grammar skills, my spelling skills. So I went out and I got the Prentice Hall Handbook for Writers. It's a little book about yay big. I'm showing right now about an inch and a half that I'm separating between my thumb and my index finger. That's about how thick it is, not a large book. And I read it from cover to cover, not once, but twice. And then you know what I did? I put it next to me all the time. Whenever I was doing homework, I had it next to me and I would refer to it. I would revisit that newly gained knowledge, right? Because what does that do, man? It broadens your understanding. It broadens your understanding of things that you may not have known. So now think about it. I'm a Latino kid who grew up in a barrio, poor as hell. But what's the one really interesting thing I had that you probably have too, if you look at your background? You have a wider angle lens than most people. I spoke Spanish, and I come from a culture that is Latino, and I come from a different place, not an Ivy League background, and now I perfect my English, so I have pretty good Spanish and pretty good English together. I got something most people don't have, and so do you. I don't care if you grew up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, which gives you a southern perspective that most Yankees or people from the Midwest or maybe people from the Northeast don't have. Or maybe it's because you grew up in the Midwest and you have a Midwestern perspective that people out east uh, don't have. Or maybe it's because you're from a certain part of San Francisco and you're Asian and your mom was Chinese and your dad was Japanese. And oh, my God, think about What that gives you in terms of a a different way of seeing the world, a wider angle view of the world, that's an advantage where you're an African-American from the south side of Chicago and you grew up understanding the things that you really learn, especially if you grow up in the inner city. You learn how to make do. You learn how to make do. You understand how to be able to get along in relationships with people because you have to. And that's your advantage. We all got them. But unfortunately, those of us who feel like outliers, whether we're African-American or Latino or Asian or no matter where we come from, or, you know, a hillbilly kid, as I like to say to my wife from uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama or parts of Georgia, we tend to think, oh, my God, I'm not as good. No, you're better. Certainly as good. So knowledge. If all you're missing is that one piece, go and get it. Here's the other thing that I'd say is really, really important. I'd stress to you, communicate. Words matter. Say it well. Say it in full sentences. Understand the power of a subject and a predicate. Understand the power of a noun and the right verb and the right adverb or adjective and the right object. So you speak in complete sentences and make sure that you don't only write well, but that you speak it well. Right? So if you do choose my path and go out and get Prentice Hall Handbook for Writers or the Book of Style by Strunk and White or whatever you choose to read that you think will make you a better communicator, maybe you just go on the Googles and you do a different lesson all the time. Whatever it is, once you manifest that knowledge as a writer, and by the way, that's key. I see people all the time who try and talk, but they never learn to write, but they want to speak without learning to write. And more often than not, they make fools of themselves. More often than not, I can hear they're not thinking. The reason the English language or the Spanish language or any language was created the way it is, right, with a certain predicate and a certain subject and a certain noun and an adverb and an adjective and an article and a conjunction and all those things, there's a reason for them. It's it's much like a mathematical equation. If you walk into a room and and you say to somebody, two uh, minus one. Uh, plus three is nine, they're going to know you don't know what the hell you're talking about. And if you walk into a room and you try and speak, but you've never really learned to communicate effectively on paper, people are going to know. People are going to know. So here's what I would say. And here's what I did. I never trusted myself as a public speaker. And I know I was going into a profession where I was going to do a lot of public speaking like I'm doing right now. And I'll tell you what the secret is, a mirror. Use your mirror. Use the mirror in your house or wherever to essentially see your mouth articulating the words and enjoy the performance. Enjoy it, take, take pleasure in how you communicate the idea. I used to, <laughs> this is embarrassing, but I'm gonna share it with you. When I was a young man and I was going to school in Minnesota and I had uh, gotten the scholarship to study journalism from CBS News at the University of Minnesota in Middlebrook Hall, I remember as if it was yesterday. I would stand in front of a mirror I would stand in front of a mirror and I would pretend I would visualize myself as a news reporter working on television for CBS News. And I would write down a story and then I would look at the mirror and tell that story. I would sometimes even ad lib a story. Yes, John, it's... uh, the situation here across the street from uh, Middlebrook Hall is uh, quite serious right now. Police are on the scene. We're told they're investigating what looks like a, at least a suspicious package at this point. That's how they're describing it. They've been on the scene now for the better part of, uh, oh, a half hour. We are going to be standing by to try and uh, figure out what uh, they find out. I should tell you that the building itself has now been uh, uh, shut down. And uh, they've taken all of the people inside the building and asked them to uh, go outside. That's why you can see all those people out there on the lawn right now. We're going to stand by and see what police uh, find out. And as they give us more information, we'll be reporting back to you. I'm Rick Sanchez, reporting live for CBS News. Back to you, Fred. I just concocted a story. That's the kind of story I would concoct back then. And I would look at myself in the mirror and continue to say it until I became very comfortable saying, Rick Sanchez reporting live for CBS News, Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm Rick Sanchez reporting live in Minneapolis, Minnesota for CBS News. Those words just, I kept saying it to the point where eventually it felt so comfortable that I was destined to become a reporter for CBS News. And hells, bells, I did. Coño. (laughs) I became a network reporter, a national network correspondent for CNN and CBS and NBC, filed stories on Dateline. Where did that start? It probably started in a little mirror in a dormitory at Middlebrook Hall at the University of Minnesota, where I would look in the mirror and practice trying to become what I hope to one day become. So the lesson is, yes, understand contrast. Understand to win from success. Understand the value of knowledge that's newly acquired, that's deliberate, and that's revisited. And then learn how to communicate. Learn how to communicate effectively if you do nothing else, do that. There are so many people out there who do not communicate effectively. And by the way, when I say communicate effectively, I don't mean to drone on, because one of the other things that you really need to get really good at is brevity. Get to the point. Use the fewest, most concrete words that you possibly can. And what do I mean by concrete? It's pretty simple. I think if you listen carefully when I speak, I try to use words that are not opaque, that are not abstract. You know, these guys who go into a meeting and they start throwing out all these big words and all these complicated, complex ideas and nobody knows what the hell they're talking about, but they seem to think that they're impressing everybody. But in the end, they're not. The secret is in brevity, and using words that are concrete. Come down that ladder of abstractions. So don't say educational institute. Say school. Better yet, school building. One more step down the ladder of abstraction. Classroom. One more step. Math class. You see what I'm doing? I'm taking words and refining them down so that the idea becomes more concrete with each step. As I'm sitting here right now talking to you, what do I have in front of me? It's not a device that makes my voice seem louder. No, it's a microphone. It's a microphone. See, when I say microphone, there's a picture immediately in your head of what I'm saying. Use words that create pictures, and you'll find more often than not that those words are not multisyllabic. They tend to be shorter. The words that have lots of syllables are more often than not are more often than not the words that people don't understand. So when you think you want to use big words to impress people, I got something to tell you. You're not. You're not. You're probably confusing them. Oh, they may walk away thinking, wow, that guy's really smart. Trust me, the second time, the third time, they're going to figure you out. And they're going to think, phony. This is the third time I've listened to this guy talk, and I don't understand what the hell he said, or what, I don't even understand what the hell he was trying to tell me. Because they were more impressed with the long words, the abstract language, when they could have used something really concrete and just said, buy a book so that you can improve your grammar skills. One of the books I use was Prentice Hall Handbook for Writers. I recommend that one. But find another book. Just find one that has the information on it. See how simple that idea was? I shared with you a very simple idea. Buy a book that has something in it that you don't know. Study it and revisit it from time to time. That's not a hard idea. I could have said that a million other ways. I could have told you how important it is to be prolific in the art of communication and why you need to endeavor to try and always practice to make sure that you're knowledgeable when it comes to the spoken word. Because, yeah. Are you impressed? I used a lot of really fancy big words there, didn't I? But what, the, what the hell was I saying? Nothing that I couldn't have said with. If you don't feel comfortable with your grammar, my suggestion go find a book that teaches you how to improve your grammar. Duh, that's simple. And the way that I just communicated that idea to you is the way that you need to communicate ideas to others. Great leaders, powerful women become powerful when they speak, when they use the right words, and they use brevity. Think of Gandhi. Think of his messages. Think of how clear-spoken he was. Think of Jesus. Jesus used two words. Follow me. Follow me. Two words. <laughs> and they did. Follow me. Talk about perfect. Talk about brevity. Talk about, you know, getting whether he's your philosopher or somebody else is your philosopher. Here's a a man who lived on earth who said two words and got millions and millions of people to do just that. Follow me. There's something else that I think is important. I'll share with you that everything you do as a communicator, as a leader, and as a human being, Whether it's as a father, a mother, business person, whatever you are, has to come from three places. It has to come, first and foremost, from your brain, right? And that's what we've been talking about. Gain new skills. Get smarter. So that you can have the kind of data, the information that you can then later share with other people. that will be successful for them and for you. But there's another part. And I've always professed that one of the reasons I've been successful as a communicator and why people have come to me throughout my life and said, we're going to pay you a million dollars. And I've said, wow, a million dollars? Yes. Why, I asked because you seem to break through. There was once an article written in the Miami Herald that said, (laughs) I thought it was funny. It said, Rick Sanchez breaks through the screen. This is when I was a local anchor on a place called Channel 7 here in Miami. And I remember the article said, Rick Sanchez breaks through the screen. And I thought, what does that mean? He breaks through the screen. The article went on to say, once he's on camera and you're hooked on him, you can't take your eyes off of him. He's like a fire or a car accident. And I always thought they were kind of ridiculing me and saying that I was, you know, apoplectic, a fire, you know, a car accident. They were making fun of me. Later on, I realized that I, I think what they were saying was that I have a tendency to communicate as a whole person. When I communicate, I communicate just as much with my heart as I do with my head. So communication has to come really from three places. It has to come from your head because it doesn't work if you're not smart enough to know what you want to share. And then you can be as heartfelt as you want, but people will think you're dumb and they'll say, well, that's nice. He's very passionate, but he really didn't have anything to say that I hadn't heard before. So you do have to bring it through your heart because that's your nerve, your heart, your sinew. That's what drives you. That's where your passion is. That's where pathos comes from. And pathos is everything. Because if all I do is give a great speech, like the speech that John F. Kennedy gave or the speech that Abraham Lincoln gave at Gettysburg, but I say, four score and seven years ago, our country, okay. Well, it's not the same. Abraham Lincoln felt that. They say when they were there watching him that he was practically crying when he gave that speech. And it was a very short speech, but it lives to this day and will live forever. And the people who witnessed it said it was the most moving experience they've ever seen. Some of the great speeches from Reagan and and, and JFK and and, 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 and leaders that we've had in this world were effective because it belonged to them, they owned it. And you can't own it with just the head. It's gotta go through the heart. And it also has to go through the gut. And what is the gut? So if the heart is where you get your pathos, where you get your passion, the gut is the equalizer that tells the world That you believe it too. Your gut tells you when you're bullshitting. Your gut tells you when you're real. Your gut is your, well, that's why they call it a gut check. If I'm sharing something with you and I feel like I maybe didn't say it well, I repeat it. Or I apologize for getting it wrong. But my gut is always checking me. Is this what I want to say? Is this the way that I want to say it? That's probably one of the most important things that you can do in communicating is understand that everything can't come just from your head. Everything can't come just from your heart and everything can't come just from your gut. It has to come from all three to truly be an effective communicator, which is what gives you what? Value. And what are we talking about? Building value. There's a couple of other things that I think I'll throw in. One of them is style. You've you got to have some sense of style. I mean, you don't have to look like, you know, Tom Brady or some actor in Hollywood or whoever you can think of that's, you know, a Hollywood fashion plate, but you've got to have a sense of what people are, uh, what is appealing to people in the times that we live in, Right? What is appealing to people in the times that we, live? and I don't want to take this too far because I know this is now some, something that's a little more materialistic, but it also matters. You, you can't wear a haircut from the 19, you know, 70s, you know, in the year 2022, you just can't. And I see people like that all the time with this long sixties haircuts or these bowl cuts, you know, you can't wear plaid pants with bell bottoms when people aren't wearing that anymore. I know that in some women's fashions, bell-bottoms are packed but and things come and go, but you, you do have to have a sense of your own style. And your style is not just your clothes. Your style is a sense of how you carry yourself. Be a performer. It's okay. Sometimes people think, well, I'll be phony. No, it's okay to perform. Jesus performed. Gandhi performed. Reagan performed, Lincoln performed, JFK performed, pick your poison. Certainly presidents today, some of which have not been like those guys, they perform. It's okay. I'm not saying turn it into a performance. There's a difference. Perform, know that you must. Have a sense of style about you. The way you walk into a room when you're introduced on stage matters. Your posture matters. Your pitch and your tone in your voice matters. People will not want to listen to you if you're here. And they also don't want to listen if you're here. But they'll listen to you if you're somewhere in the middle. Pitch. Tone. That's style. Just like having the right haircut or the right, you know, clean looking clothing, whether it's a suit from J.C. Penney's or Sears <laughs> or a $10,000 Armani it doesn't matter it's how you wear it it's the style and style matters you know one of the other things that i have found that i think can help you as you're looking at yourself and how you build value in yourself this coming year has to be one of the things that sometimes we 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 forget. Vocabulary. Your vocabulary is in so many ways your essence. It's that very thing that tells people that you are somebody, as we, as my mother would say, una persona que viene preparado. Preparado. That's a great word in Spanish. And you know, it means that person is prepared. Think about it. In Spanish, it means preparado, una persona, a person who comes, who walks into the room and you immediately knows, well, he's prepared. He prepared himself. He did all the things that are necessary. Vocabulary is one of those things. If you don't have the right words, you won't be understood. So build that vocabulary. And maybe I should leave you with this. And this is not for me. This is from one of my mentors growing up as a kid, I studied all the great journalists. I studied Huntley and I studied Brinkley and I uh, studied, uh, all the anchors on all the, uh, Harry Reisner. And, and I studied Ted Koppel. God, I love Ted Koppel. Um, and there's one guy who I also studied and loved and read his books. And his name was John Chancellor. John Chancellor was the anchor at NBC Nightly News before Tom Brokaw. And John Chancellor said a couple of interesting things. One of, them, one of them actually was that every once in a while when you're nervous, it's okay to have just a little shot of whiskey to, 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 to calm your nerves, which I thought was really one of the most bizarre things I've ever heard. and I'm not sure I would suggest that to you, but nonetheless, I'm just it came to me now because I remember when I read his book that I was a chapter that he said, sometimes I get nervous and I was so afraid to go on national television. Think of it. By the way, today everybody's on television, but back then there were three channels. Three channels, baby, and if you got to be on one of them, it was like, whoa. I can understand where guys back then were really nervous. But you know what else he said? And this stuck with me, and I'll share it with you. John Chancellor said, the best way to build your vocabulary is stop cursing. Stop cursing. If the only adverb you know starts with F, and like ends a lot like fire truck. And if the only adjective you know starts with the letter F and ends the same way as fire truck, and if you constantly use those words in your sentences rather than better adverbs or better adjectives, well, guess what? You're not gonna have much of a vocabulary. If nothing else, if nothing else, to improve your vocabulary. And you know what you really need to do to improve your vocabulary. You need to read more. You need to read more and you need to look up words. I do this all the time. Whenever I come across a term that I don't understand, and there's a lot of them, because remember a lot of times those terms in the business sense are very different than what it would mean in the normal colloquial sense. So I'll take a word like earning or earnings. Earnings is a very specific word in business, right? It has to do with, you know, what what your company is worth, right? Your EBITDA, as they call it, is essentially earning. But if you're using it in regular conversation is earning, how much did you earn? How much money did you make in your job, for example? But it has a different sense when you look at it in a jargony field like business. So this is why it's important that you look up words, Look up the word and find out what it really means by just Googling. Every time you hear a term you don't know, look it up. In the old days, you had to have a damn dictionary next to you. Today, you've got a computer or you've got your phone. There's no excuse for not being able to expand your vocabulary so you can speak in a manner in which people will be impressed and will want to hear what you have to say. But I leave you with the immortal words of John Chancellor. He says, every time you curse, you diminish your vocabulary. Every time you curse, you diminish your vocabulary. So that's it. Contrast. Understand it. Knowledge. Gain it. Communicate. It's a skill set. Practice it. Brevity. Important to focus on. Style. They're going to look at you when you walk out. You better make sure that you give a good impression. Your mother was right. And make sure you use the right words. And maybe one of the best ways to do that is to stop cursing. That's it. I I would say those are the do's and don'ts on how to build value for yourself. My ideas. And I hope you can take something away from them. I've lived a long life. And as I said at the beginning, probably failed as much as I've succeeded. And much of what I've just shared with you comes as much from failure as from success. I'm Rick Sanchez. This is the Rick Sanchez Podcast. I want to thank the tens of thousands of you who've been listening to our podcast now on a regular basis. I don't know what I'm doing right, but I want to thank you for blessing me with your ears as you check in on me now on almost a daily basis. We'll be looking for you again. This podcast, by the way, lives on aguamedia.com. It lives on Spotify. It lives on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks so much for being with us. Dale, ándale y nos veremos otra vez i